You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 140. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. In this episode, you're going to meet Sandra Melsed and hear about her journey into public health and starting her business as a consultant. Sandra Melsed is the CEO of SLM Consulting LLC, which was established in 2007. Sandra has worked in public health for 14 years, focused on health promotion and chronic disease prevention and control initiatives, working to improve the health of rural and urban communities where people live, work, learn, and play. Sandra uses her experience to adapt to the needs of the project to achieve measurable outcomes that impact population health. Sandra has also served in various public health roles, working to promote population health through collaborative partnerships. She holds a Master of Public Health and is currently working on her PhD in health sciences focused on health equity and rural public health practice. I will connect the interview with Sandra right after this very special announcement. Are you curious about public health consulting? Have you ever wondered what it's like? What do they do? How do consultants get started? Learn what it's like to be a public health consultant by attending the expo. The Expo is an online event where a select panel of public health consultants and entrepreneurs who are passionate about the needs they address and the populations they serve come together and share their businesses. Attending the Expo is very affordable and convenient because it's available online. Learn about public health consulting from public health consultants who do it every day. Visit drchuntley.com and click on the Expo tab from the main menu to register and attend the Expo. So today I am very happy to welcome my special guest to the podcast. Welcome, Sandra. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. I'm doing great. Doing great. Thank you. Coming to you all the way from South Dakota. Yay. We're sitting here chatting for a minute about our weather at the time of this recording. I'm walking around in a short sleeve t-shirt. I had a nice walk and I'm talking about how mild the weather is. And I think you told me it was snowing or about to snow. Yes. Currently seeing snow coming down outside the window. So, yep. So we, uh, we're, uh, not quite out of snow land, probably for another good month or so here in, in our state. So just the, just the way it goes every year. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, sometimes we get a little jealous of those snow stories because we, I know I'd love to see a pretty snowfall every now and then. So we don't get that very often here. <laughs> We'd love to see a beach and palm trees. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm really thankful that you, um, you know, want to be on this episode. And I'm really excited to really hear more about your journey into public health. So if you are ready, let's jump right in. You bet. Um, I'm always excited to talk about public health. So um, my journey into public health really probably started back from growing up. My parents um, both worked in the allied health field. My dad was a social worker for many years. My mom worked in x-ray technology. But so I've always been exposed to the idea of health. Um, And so in my undergraduate career, um, I became more interested in public health, had a major in health promotion and a minor in public health, and just used that experience to help explore kind of my interests. 
I did know I wanted to advance my education more. And so, um, you know, using the knowledge I had gained um, in undergraduate experience of public health, not quite sure what type of uh, higher education I wanted, I guess, stumbled is the good word, but came upon the master's of public health um, as a degree and something that really fit into my um, interest. I was interested in joining the Peace Corps um, and a lot of programs, um, I think, still have the Peace Corps Internationalist program um, where you can go to the Peace Corps and then also get your MPH. Um, So I found MPH programs that offered those programs. Um, While I didn't end up applying to the Peace Corps, I did have the opportunity to explore my interest in public health and make it a career upon um, completing my master's of public health. So it's been a been a journey, um, but always a field that um, continues to interest me and I continue to be excited to share and evolve um, and work on public health as a profession. That's really good. So you did not, um, you ended up not going to the Peace Corps. You were interested, decided not to. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if that was just the time period that was required for it, um, but, you know, certainly have interest to do international relief work and that type of thing. But um, no, um, but I did go to school in New Orleans and at Tulane University and had a um, really good experience that opened my eyes to more things, you know, in a different culture, different community. And so, um, so that certainly helped kind of build my experience a little bit more too. So, but maybe one day with the Peace Corps, we'll see, maybe I'm retired. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. So, How did your um, previous roles help you transition into your current work? Because you're a consultant, you have your own business. So how did your previous roles in public health really help prepare you for that? So um, I've been in business for eight years now. um, And, you know, as I think any of us in business, we're always um, continuing to learn, grow. So I um, had previous experiences working in uh, works at wellness for a corporate health system. And then I also worked as a consult contractor, I guess you'd say with the state um, chronic disease program through um, their nutrition physical activity program. So I was a physical activity coordinator. Um, And then I also worked in grants for a university. So between all that, I had some diverse um, experiences with that um, and had the opportunity to move from um, a full-time employee to working for myself, trying to learn all the things um, in businesses with MPH. But you know, what prepared me was asking a lot of questions. I prepared for the transition, talking with friends who had their own businesses and colleagues who worked for themselves. Um, basic things, just like how do you set up an LLC? How does billing work? Those are things we don't learn in public health school, that business side of things. And so really asking a lot of those questions, um, searching for information online, um, educating myself. And then really ultimately, you know, I think as any of us who might be in business is what do you like? What are things that interest you? What am I good at? Um, You know, and so I was fortunate to begin my consultant career in the field I studied and continue to and afford me the opportunity to utilize my skills and knowledge that I um, started to build uh, in my master's of public health program, but which have evolved certainly over the um, aging myself now, I suppose, 15, 16 years since I worked in public health. (laughs) No worries about that. Um, I'm right in that same category, yep. maybe a little a little older, I don't know. But um, so that makes perfect sense. You know, I often talk to students, graduates, um, people that reach out to me with questions, you know, career type questions, you know, looking for direction. You know, I often go back to 
well, I always <laughs> go back to guiding them to that foundation of um, really resonating with or, or getting clear about what your passions are. What are you really interested in? And it doesn't mean that you just, oh, because I want this, I'm going to have this. It, it doesn't, that's not what I mean, but just really connecting with what brought you into public health, you know, and then that helps you to, that really helps to formulate the questions that you need to ask. And it will help you to ask the right questions and kind of drive you in the direction that you really want to go so that you can really feel fulfilled and connected and feel like you're, you know, you have purpose in what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think true nature of a public health professional, you know, we're here to help and support and, um, you know, that's important to be passionate about what you're doing and to know what you want to do. And so um, if you're gonna make a career out of it, it's, yeah, it's important to know what, what drives you and what interests you. Um, For me, it's, you know, promoting population health, helping people prevent illness, um, health equity. So yeah, it's really important to, to build that. And, you know, students probably have the opportunity to build that as they go. Um, certainly that's probably not something I realized I wanted right from when I was in my master's public health program, but certainly through experiences and opportunities that's evolved and you learn what really matters to you and important. So that is a great point. I'm glad you said that because you don't have it all figured out right up front. You don't know exactly, you know, what you're passionate about. Sometimes you really have to start with what you're interested in at that moment and what, you know, really you're naturally drawn to and through your action, taking action on it, getting experience, um, that will help you refine. And then you, you know, really kind of uncover that over time, part of the process. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's, and that's important. Can you explain a little bit more? Cause we touched on, you touched on a little bit, you know, your passion for, you know, health equity and, underserved populations and so forth. Can you talk a little bit more about what population and condition or public health problem that you are most passionate about? Oh, certainly. I just, I'm love to talk about this. And um, I guess when you have an audience of public health, that's even more exciting to folks who understand it maybe a little <laughs> bit more. But, you know, I, again, I mentioned health equity before, and that's really, um, especially over the last few years, been really important to me um, as my focus through the work I do and through my business. Um, you know, my my motto with my business, is, a mission is really looking to um, address and improve health equity through um, multi-sector collaboration, data-driven solutions, and um, evidence-based practice. And those are those are really areas that I'm passionate about. Um, and I know from the literature and from the work, we know that's what it takes to do that and give everybody that um, equal opportunity to be healthy. Um, and especially in the work that, you know, I do and I see, you know, we're showing it right now, certainly with the things happening with coronavirus, but those underserved health disparate populations are really needing that support. And so, you know, we build on that capacity of professionals who practice public health to understand why it's important that we do it um, and how to do it. You know, I think if we're, again, we're public health professionals tasked with this thing, we need to be doing it. And so, and really the important area when we're looking at health equity um, is getting to that root cause of those poor health outcomes. And so we know that those social economic factors, um, societal values, structural inequities are, are all things that need to be addressed in order to to achieve that health equity. And so for me, living in a rural state, you know, that's a lot of the issues doing a lot of work right now that we keep seeing those issues that health outcomes are impacted by those social needs those social determinants of health. And so I'm just passionate about that because again, we go back to the evidence-based practice, the literature, we know that's what's needed. And so the more that we can focus on that through our public health practice, um, even our education and our master public health programs, you know, the I think the more prepared we can be as public health professionals and really do what we're tasked with doing um, and really help to to ensure that rate of health for everybody. 
So I could go on talking about it forever, but this is an area <laughs> that, that really interests me. So yeah, so that that's what I'm most passionate about really right now. And especially, again, evidence-based practice and that multi-sector collaboration are really important with that as well. I can understand it and, and relate to, especially the, the rural communities. My, my state is also a, a rural state, the whole state. So there are definitely need for, I guess, specific or targeted interests in, um, in the health. If we think about populations like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's not completely unique to my state, but, you know, the rural communities in general are typically don't have access to services and resources. Um, you know, I'm doing some community meetings across the state right now, and we're, you know, a lot of the issues coming up are um, lack of transportation. People don't even have transportation to get to things. And so those are things, you know, that maybe sometimes get forgotten that that may not be a responsibility of us as public health professionals, but it really is. And so, you know, utilizing those partnerships and collaborations to support those rural communities is is really important because they are just, you know, rural communities in general are disproportionately affected by health outcomes. And, you know, as you mentioned, in South Carolina and South Dakota, most of our counties are rural. So if we really want to make an impact, we have to look at it through that lens. So. I'm really happy to know that you're doing that target work. That's really important. So what type of um, public health, like what products or services do you offer in your business? And also, what is the name of your business? Certainly. Um, so my business name is not very original. It's SLM <laughs> Consulting LLC. Um, when I started business eight years ago, um, I don't know, I just threw that. At, so those are just my initials. So if you can put two and two together. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, um, so my business SLM consulting LLC, um, so I really, um, have had the opportunity to serve clients through, um, the state health department, nonprofit organizations, universities, and health systems. And so, um, those are typically who my ideal customer is, um, and really, um, more importantly, one that really seeks to make an impact and improve health outcomes through that evidence-based decision-making and collaboration. Doing a lot of work right now with, with our state health department, so but have an opportunity to, to work with some great partners and organizations um, throughout the state, but also nationwide. And so those are those are really who I serve right now. Um, services that I provide, um, I guess you would consider be more generalist. Um, but again, my years of public health experience have really shaped the interest and the services that I provide. Um, I do a lot of needs assessments. I'm doing some work right now around um, statewide needs assessments. Um, I also work with health systems to do community health needs assessment and improvement planning. I do provide training and facilitation um, focused on evidence-based um, public health topics um, that are really designed to inform public health practice, um, specifically looking at public health professionals as well. Grant writing and coordination. Um, I also work to develop programs and implement them, I'm working with um, funders or organizations to do that as well. Um, and then um, I do a lot of technical writing and communication. So um, a lot of that goes hand in hand with some of the work that I do. And then really looking at the um, evaluation perspective. So I do a lot with um, data collection, um, looking at primary, secondary data collection methods, qualitative analysis. Um, so I do a lot of different things. Um, I would say, you know, more recently I'm doing a lot with and um, do a lot with multi-sector collaboration, which is a lot of what I my work does, a lot of community engagement um, really shapes a lot of that services that I provide. So yeah, so um, I certainly have more information available on my website. So slmconsultingllc.com gives more information, but always excited to visit with people about my business and how I can support them um, to really make that impact in public health. And, and again, look at that health equity community engagement lens as well too. So worked in public health for 16 years, as I mentioned before. So um, have a lot of experiences that I can 
provide um, to support customers and again, really make that impact. Um, so yeah, so that that's my business in a nutshell, but certainly welcome more opportunity to visit with folks about how I can support them and the company can support um, that public health effort. Yeah, that's really, um, we will make sure that in the show notes for this episode that all of your connection information is there. So I definitely encourage any of our listeners um, to reach out who can, you know, who are interested in some of the services that you've described and maybe even if they're in a different state, there may be uh, other ways that you can work with them. Do you work with clients outside of your state or are your clients all within your state? Yep. Yep. I've had the opportunity to work with some um, folks in other states. And so, yeah, so certainly um, welcome collaboration and, and um, working with folks throughout the United States and worldwide, however need be, but always looking to expand and again, provide that support um, that's needed to maybe fill the gap um, or the needs that your organization maybe doesn't have and how I can provide that support. So I'm always excited and passionate about what I do and look forward to visiting with folks in the future if, if you're interested. So yes, feel free to reach out. Appreciate it. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. So I'm going to shift. Um, this is really, really great. And um and I'm, I'm loving learning about your business because these are questions that I've had for a little while because we've been in the same kind of network, social media, and we've talked a little bit, but I've really been you know, curious myself to hear more about what you do. So this is great treat for me because I'm just getting all my questions answered. And I hope the audience is enjoying it too. Thank you. <laughs> visiting with you. Um, so I'm going to shift a little bit because I do want to ask you for some advice that will be really helpful for the audience. So I typically have a good portion of the listeners of the podcast are students, current students in public health who are interested, of course, in starting careers and getting into careers in public health. And then I have a a group of in my audience that have already completed a degree, but just are having trouble getting started, or maybe they've been in public health, but want to transition to something different. So I want you to first think about the students. For current students who are working on their degree, what advice or tips do you have for them career, you know, related to getting started with their career? Like what could they be doing now that can really help give them an advantage? Certainly. Yes. So those of you listeners, um, there's a ways you can build your experience. Um, and again, take it by, I guess, a seasoned person. Um, is that the correct <laughs> way to say versus old? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just some some thoughts on that. You know, take the opportunity to talk with public health professionals in the fields you might be interested in and learn more about the work um, and their public health focus. So you certainly get your opportunities, um, you know, through your capstone and, and your internships. But find some other folks to talk with, just meet with them and learn more about what they do. Um, I think that's a good, good way to get started. Um, Again, find an applied practice experience and capstone where you can develop your skills beyond the classroom. Um, You know, a good mentor within that, those experiences can help accelerate your skills and learning. So if you can find somebody who can teach you about data collection or analysis, things that maybe you're not getting in your classes directly, you know, that's, that's, I think, where you're going to really be able to hone your skills a little bit more too. So I'd really encourage you to do that. Um, Public health careers are broad and and more non-traditional in nature anymore. Um, So you don't have to go work in a government position. You don't have to work at a university. There's a lot of opportunities beyond those traditional areas, um, you know, that reside in the healthcare sector, business, educational sectors, um, you know, really take time to explore your interests. I will say in my state of South Dakota, we have a large public health workforce who are not employed by state government um, and universities. So, um, so take, take time to really think and explore out of that box that maybe you're traditionally would think to be employed by. 
Also ensure that you take opportunity to learn about diverse facets of public health practice and build that comprehensive knowledge and skills necessary to enter that public health workforce. Um, there's a lot of great information out there that talks about we really need to be that diverse public health professional that knows a lot of different things. And so um, so that's really important to build your skills, I would say. Um, more importantly, because I see this a lot and um, what I'm very passionate about as well, but build your writing skills, you know. You maybe don't feel like you're a good writer, but take the opportunity to learn that. I've had the opportunity to um, adjunct in a master's of public health course recently, and um, this is uh, often a skill that there's opportunity to strengthen um, for students. So um, this is really an important skill. So if you don't have that, you don't feel like you have it, keep working on it because that's a really important skill that um, sometimes you don't see in the professional world that some some are just better writers than other. But if you can build your skills, that's really going to be a great asset to you as well. So those are just kind of some ideas that I had, um, certainly some ways to kind of support you while you're in your studies, but once you get out of school as well. I loved everything you said. I'm sitting here nodding and wish I could high five you, but those are great. <laughs> great. There we go. Great tips there. I like that. Um, so, uh, and I will also have this included in the show notes. I know some of you may be driving, exercising, and trying to, you can't take notes right now, but I'll make sure that all of these tips are listed in the show notes as well. Um, thank you for that. Now, let's switch over and think about those who have already graduated. So they've completed their degree, and they're either newly grad, you know, trying to get into the field brand new, or maybe they've been in the field for a little while and they're trying to transition, but just, you know, already have their degree, but they're having trouble getting into the field of public health, having some sort of challenge. What advice do you have for people that fit that category? So I guess back to what we talked about with those who are in school, but again, don't be afraid to look at those non-traditional employment settings. So, um, you know, I can think of many of the colleagues that I have now, some work at a city health department, some work in a lot of work in nonprofits, um, you know, even, uh, the business sector, you can work on worksite wellness. So there's a lot of different areas on that. So just don't be afraid to explore those non-traditional employment settings um, in your job search. Um, one of the areas that I would emphasize uh, extremely uh, multiple times, network, network, network. Um, so this is um, just a really important avenue to get to know people and um, identify opportunities for employment. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to build my career through the relationships and partnerships I've built over time. And a lot of that's been focused on networking, um, you know, going to things that events that maybe I don't know what's going to come of it, but just don't be afraid to say no as far as who to get to know and really, really explore your network. Um, find a mentor. So if you have, have a mentor, great. But if you don't, if there's somebody you can find as a mentor, um, as you're in your job search, or if you're having challenges that that's always helpful as well, they may be able to connect with folks as well and teach you a little bit more. Another thing I think sometimes gets forgotten, but if there's an organization you're interested in volunteering with, um, if you're interested in, sometimes volunteering can turn into employment. So keep that in mind if you're having a struggle with job search or if you may be not in the job that you're interested in completely, um, just find an organization you're interested with, um, volunteer, and that could lead into some employment. Um, and then I think probably what's important, because um, I went through this myself, um, don't be afraid to start small. So don't think you're going to come out of school getting a fabulous, you know, six-figure job. It just it just doesn't happen. That's just a reality. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't. If you have, that's great. But, um, you know, I took jobs when I came out of my master's of public health program um, that I was underemployed at, to be honest. Um, but that helped build my work ethic skills. Um, and I think hindsight would provide me opportunities for that next opportunity. So, um, so just know that it's not the end all be all, but don't be afraid to start small and build those skills because it's 
building on each each opportunity that you have as well. So those are kind of my thoughts for um, graduates. If you're looking for employment right now or want to find the right position right now. I love all of those as well. I'm sitting here kind of chuckling because um, network, 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 you know, that is a common theme. And I'm always really making a big uh, emphasis on that. And I even have separate coaching programs. I teach people how to optimize their LinkedIn. I can teach you how to network properly, you know, effectively, I should say, um, at conferences because people say, I don't know how or I'm not good at networking. So I create all these resources to help people because it is vital. You have to, you can't wait till you're looking for a job, but you have to, networking is so important. And so I love it whenever I have a guest on the podcast who their tips are resonating and aligning <laughs> with the things that I say. So I'm almost, I'm always wanting to say to the, the audience, like, see, it's not just me. She's saying it too. <laughs> well, and I, I think to feed off of that too, what I've learned over time, um, and, and because, you know, I'm busier and balancing some other things, but also, and you know, depending on what you share, but I'm finding I need to be intentional about networking, but also maybe it's the events or the organizations I go to. I need to be intentional because some are not the right fit for what you're looking. And so maybe to be intentional about the type of networking events you go to um, that may be able to help get you that contact or that leg up from that perspective. But bottom line, yeah, networking is vital. And um, like I said, how I've been fortunate enough uh, to build um, build my business over time. So very important. So no, you're not talking crazy. They just need to listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that too. Being intentional. That's I put a lot of that in the in the the program where I teach you about networking at conferences because that's part of the issue. I mean, it, they're very time consuming, they're very expensive, and once you make the investment to go and to participate, um even if it's a smaller conference, there's still a lot of work to, you know, just getting there. So you really have to be intentional about your networking to make the most out of that your time. You know, like you said, you know, just it's we won't go on a tangent, but I could I could literally go on yeah, about that. Yep, 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 definitely. <laughs> but but th- thank you for all of the great advice um, that you shared for our listeners. I know that they are appreciative of that. Um, and then I have your connection uh, information, as I mentioned earlier. So those of you listening who want to um, connect with Sandra, you just can visit the show notes page and connect with her. And I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. But right now, Sandra, I want to wrap up by just saying thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, come on the podcast and share about your business, your journey into public health, all the amazing work that you're doing, and uh, and, and also the advice and, and tips that you share with the audience. I really appreciate it. Well, I can't thank you enough for bringing me on to visit with this. As we've mentioned before, I could talk about this all the time. So I'm always excited <laughs> to visit about public health with individuals. So thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that interview. I'd like to thank Sandra for joining me on this episode, as well as sharing some great career tips for everyone. You can find links to connect with her on the show notes page for this episode, which is episode 140. Just go to drchhuntley.com and click on the podcast tab from the main menu and then navigate to episode 140. You can also click on the Expo tab from the main menu to get details and enroll in the Expo. All right, everyone. Until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.